Hi, and welcome to Macrina's Key, the podcast where we talk about theology for every single season of life. I'm your host, Sarah Evans. Every fortnight, we discuss systematic theology in bite-sized portions. And along the way, we're learning to see and know God in every season of life, whether we're in the spotlight, on the edge, or being faithful in the mundane. I'm so excited to have you with us. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Macrina's Key. It's really lovely to have you here with me. I'm so glad that after a few bumps in the first episode, you've decided to come back for another one. This week, I really wanted to get stuck in on one of the nitty gritty topics and some theology stuff and really kind of land with our feet moving. But I realized that you might actually want to know a bit about me. Um, after all, you might be wondering why you should listen to me in the first place, which is still something that I ask myself at times. <laughs> so last week, I told you a bit about the podcast and my hopes for our time together. That's episode one. I think this one I'm going to call episode 1.5 as I introduce myself and let you into my world a little bit. It won't be as long as a typical episode because... Frankly, I'm not an exciting enough person to fill that much time with content. I'm Sarah Evans, and I'm the host here at Macrina's Key. I became a Christian around the age of four. I don't know if I would call it a conversion experience, as I cannot recall a time when I didn't know Jesus or his love for me. But I do have a really distinct memory of sitting and praying with my parents for the forgiveness of sins. It's something that is really meaningful and this image that I have in my mind I treasure. Of course, that was a number of years ago, and my journey has been one of stops and starts, which I'm sure many of us can relate with, hopefully. I don't think I'm alone in that. That at times could be quite discouraging for me growing up with parents who were quite religious and um, really quite steadfast in their faith. When I discovered John Owen in seminary, John Owen was a theologian in the 1600s, I was immensely encouraged by his notion that sanctification is an uphill battle with plenty of valleys, despite a general marked progression upwards. I could relate to that idea. I felt like I could look back at the whole of my life and see this general trend upwards, more towards God, more in the image of Christ. And yet it allowed me to acknowledge and give myself grace for the many seasons of being in the valley and the sloughs that I had struggled through, and even to this day at times struggle through. It was really encouraging to find John Owen and his theology, and I felt like I could finally relate to another saintly sinner in this climb towards holiness in Christ. That's a bit about my spiritual journey. I have um, a husband. I'm married to Ethan. He is a brilliant carpenter. He's a master carpenter, and he is quite creative in a number of areas. Um, he would like you to know um, that his job clearly makes him holier than me because he's in the same profession as Jesus. And while I'm quite sure that he is holier than I am, I'm not entirely convinced that that is the reason. Ethan really loves dad humor. He loves finding remote camping spots and fishing. 
Together, we have three children, two of whom are still with us and one who has gone home to be with Jesus. Uh, We are also expecting our fourth in a few months in June. Our daughters bring us immense joy, a lot of energy, and a fair bit of headache, which I think is pretty normal for parenting, right? I think that's what happens when you put a bunch of sinners together in one household and you ask them to make a life out of it, right? That's just the reality of living this side of the fall and this side of heaven. I graduated from Denver Seminary several years ago with an MA, a Master of Arts in Theology. I wrote my master's thesis on the theological method and anthropology of Huldrych Zwingli. He was a 16th century Swiss reformer. I really loved Zwingli and I loved reading about his faith journey, his wrestling with the way he viewed humanity, and then examining how that shaped other doctrines in his systematic thought. Zwingli died on the battlefield. He was serving as a chaplain to his fellow Swiss. He was not a perfect man by any means, but he was courageous and steadfast. He was striving for unity and he was falling into God's hands, trusting in God's grace with every single one of his failures. I'm really grateful to have studied him. I have found him a really helpful and encouraging role model of how to draw close to Christ, even in the midst of having failures um, due to a variety of circumstances and influences and sin issues. But, however, by the time we had spent a couple of years together, Zwingli and I decided it was time to part ways and to see other people and move on. So we did, literally. My family packed up and moved to New Zealand where I pursued a PhD in theology. We like to refer to New Zealand as the comma at the end of the world, though I'm not actually sure if we've made that joke in front of any Kiwi friends. I'm not actually sure how they would appreciate that. Anyway, I wrote my PhD thesis or dissertation on a thematic study of liturgy. It was a glorious three and a half years of research and writing. I was super privileged to have this opportunity. I was able to read everyone from the church fathers to modern theologians. And when I say everyone, of course, I don't mean literally everyone, but I had this vast array of people whose thought I was able to engage with. I could read Maximus the Confessor, Robert Jensen, and Jean-Luc Marion from a variety of faith traditions and backgrounds and influences, and it was incredible. In layman's terms, I did two things in my thesis, primarily. First, I considered the meaning of the liturgy and how it works within a sacramental understanding of the universe. That means I built on the assumption that the liturgy only truly functions if we believe that our lives participate in God's life and work. With that in mind, I then considered how does the liturgy shape belief? I specifically focused on the embodied or material aspects and our repeated participation in those. So that means I researched everything from how humans appropriate knowledge to how God might reveal himself through the liturgy, its aesthetics, and its words. And finally, I wrote a section on the beatific vision as the goal of the liturgy. I also had the chance to reflect on some practical matters regarding things like communion, participation, and something 
seemingly as unique as the role of plants in the church building. So yeah, it was a pretty diverse study and I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to have done that and really for the support of my family as we made this huge move to New Zealand um, a few years ago. And though COVID canceled my graduation ceremony, I'm finally Dr. Mom, as my husband likes to jokingly call me, and my eldest daughter finds hilarious every time it comes out of his mouth. A few years ago, before we came to New Zealand, my husband and I helped with the planting of a church in Denver, Colorado, or just outside of Denver, I should say. And it was a really remarkable, transformative experience for us. We'd not been involved in planting a church quite like that before. We had been at small church plants or newer churches, but we had not before been on part of the core team. Um, during that season, I was given the opportunity to um, set up a women's ministry, which I talked a little bit about in the last episode. And it was a really great chance for me to see the needs of women and the desires of women to grow theologically, to be thoughtful and to have the resources and the tools to do things well in life, really to do all things well and to incorporate that in a sense, theologically in the life of God, whether that was being a mother or a teacher or a nurse or working with refugees, I had this incredible opportunity to get to know women on a really deep level and then see really one of the needs for them was that they were under-resourced in how to think about things, how to discern, how to um, see their life as participating in God's work and God's life, which was one of the reasons that I wanted to start this podcast. I don't really know, honestly, what else there is to tell you. I mean, there's certainly more to me than my academic career or um, my role at home with my children and my husband. For example, I could tell you that I'm quite easily flustered in restaurants and I have a really fantastic habit of accidentally ordering things. Um, my husband likes to bring this up when we meet new people or whenever I mention that despite looking put together in front of a seminary or grad school class, I usually am freaking out inside. I could also mention that I'm perpetually cold, even though I'm fairly obsessed with snow, so I am a bit of a walking contradiction. Um, or I could even tell you about the time I got really flustered at a restaurant in Rome and called it lasagna instead of lasagna. But I don't actually think those are the reasons that you're here and planning to listen to this podcast. I mean, they might be. Maybe it would be nice to know that just because someone has a degree in theology doesn't mean they really have their life put together. If you want the chance to ask me something, you could send in a question. There's a form on the website, macrinaskey.com. Um, or you could sign up uh, on the Patreon and there I'm trying to cultivate a community for us to really have more opportunities to learn and discuss theology and discuss what we're wrestling with, with the things of God. Um, I'm also always happy to hear from listeners. So um, in reviews or other ways, I'd love to be in touch with you. But that I think is enough about me. I'd really like to get into the stuff that actually matters. So I'll see you back here sometime next week as we get ready to dive in to some real theology. Thanks.
I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of Macrina's Key. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. It really helps others find the podcast. If you want to get in touch, head on over to the website, macrinaskey.com, or check out the Patreon page, patreon.com backslash macrinaskey. There, you'll find exclusive episodes and materials for members. And more importantly, you'll find a community of fellow learners. I hope to see you there. Until next time, peace to each of you.